essences, lives like death on two legs. She's finding it hard to breathe. Phil says emergency services come, but not till you're tested by watching your firstborn bleed. Just won't play. Then kids, kids are just well, but don't understand why they can't play the Xbox, the Xbox, the Xbox all day. Welcome back to Canada Now with Jeff Sammet. Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. And he's a singer, songwriter, and activist out of the UK. Tim Arnold joins us on Canada Now. Hey, Tim, great to have you back on the show, my friend. No, great to be here, Jeff. Thank you for having me again. And uh, good to have you on Zoom. Good to see you. Uh, you're one of those people that uh, you're 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 one of those people that I want to have around all the time, and you live the furthest away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel the same. I feel the same. <laughs> like I, I, I can hang out with you every day, and and you live so so far away. And I, I, it's been a long time since oh, we've man, actually. Wouldn't it be nice right now, just like hanging out in the afternoon in uh, Kensington Market, having a beer? Yeah, It'd be so lovely, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be yeah. great. And and this <laughs> this was actually the year, Tim, where I was uh, thinking about uh, suggesting to our good friend Ben Pelchat uh, that yeah. hey, you know what. I, I haven't been to London and, and you're in the UK and I haven't been there before. True? I didn't know that. Is that you have never been to London? Never been. It's on my bucket list. And this was the year oh. that I was going to So you know, you know, you've met my wife, Rebecca. And she <laughs> said, when are you going to go? And I said, I think this year, you know, and we were talking about that in January, places that we might be going. And uh, sure enough, all this happened and I'm not going to see yeah. you anytime soon. So it could be some time before your London tour kicks yeah, off. Yeah, I think but, so. But, Which you will be hosting. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there to hold your hand as soon as you're ready. <laughs> you will be because I told her. I said, yeah. I want to go visit Tim and I want him to show me around. I don't want to go anywhere without him. I want him to, to, to show me around. So so you've been you've been busy over the last four years. You're always busy. You've always you're like one of those people that would spin plates. You've always got a number of things going, but when you talk to you, you, you just kind of like, eh, yeah, I got some things going, eh, no big deal. <laughs> then you always have like these big things, and then once it's done, you go, holy crap, that was amazing. This might be another one of those things. Um, over the last four years, you've been working on a, a, an audiovisual project about the dangers of social media and screen time. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing I can't talk too much about because it's sort of under wraps at the moment. And like a lot of other people making things like I do in music, we've, we've put things back till 2021. You know, um, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, people involved in that. A lot of different creatives. It's quite a big team project. Um, but yeah. I can't talk about it at the moment. It's really exciting. I want to talk about it. I want it, but 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 I, I won't. But you'll be the first to know, and so will your listeners. Okay. Well, and look, it's it's interesting that you've got that going because while there have been negatives regarding screen usage, we have certainly yeah. benefited from technology during this pandemic. You've obviously taken advantage of that uh, to stay connected uh, with yeah, your mom. Yeah, I can. The, the, yeah, great Polly, the great Polly Perkins, by the way, for anybody <laughs> that's out there going, I mean, 
you you are Polly Perkins' son. Let's let's make no mistake here. You might be <laughs> Tim Arnold, but first you are Polly Perkins' son. I was I was Polly Perkins' son yeah. before Tim Arnold. <laughs> definitely, definitely, absolutely. I'm proud, I'm proud to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've had I mean you've had to take advantage. I mean your your mom uh, lives in Spain. She like you guys. What since you were 14 years old, you've lived in the UK and she's lived in Spain. That's right. I left home when I was. Um, just after my 14th birthday, I think. Um, I was just because I wanted to go back to England so much and immerse myself in all the, the musical culture and the theatre that we didn't have when my mum moved to in Spain. Um, I love I love Spain and I love Spanish culture as well. But when I was that age, I, I you know, I was just, I wanted to listen to music in, 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 in London and <laughs> study Shakespeare <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've been used to having a long distance relationship with my mum uh, for what is that like thirty years I guess, um, but I but I I do see her like every I don't know four to six weeks um, these last couple of years you know she's getting older uh, and uh, doesn't have so many friends um, around anymore like and she's seventy seven so you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and so I, you know, I keep, I keep things going in the house for her and make, make sure <laughs> she's getting the life that she's used to. And, and the, so there, the, 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 that was the big frightening, uh, part of lockdown for me when it started, just not being able to go, not in feeling trapped. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Like for me, my dad is in a, a long-term care facility and I haven't been able to, to see him. Uh, since mm. since March, and while I I can see him right now, it wouldn't be under the circumstances that would be uh, ideal or or to his benefit. It might cause him more anxiety than it would anything else. So it really is tough, and and we're both in the position right now, Tim. Given our age, we're about the same age. Um, where our parents and and your words, not mine, um, are in the winter stages, and. You know, yeah. they 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 really do need our company. Like, and and, and I've, I'm riding around with a guilt uh, with that, but they need our company. They do. I mean, I guess after I hit forty, and I and my my mother and I've always been very close, but I I say I still took that for granted. And she's a friend as well, you know. Um, so I I I started feeling. Uh, a little guilty I hadn't spent more time. And so I started to do that, but I always feel like uh, I need to spend more time with my mother, you know? And so that when, when it was just on the table, that's it. You, you're all going to be staying at home and we don't know for how long. I think it was on the 23rd of March. I, I mean, I, I think I just ignored it at first. I thought this will finish in a week or something, you know? <laughs> and as it went and as it went on, I realized, okay, my mom's getting older without me. Yeah. And that's the, that's the bit that I, I really struggled with and um and still do now, you know. Um just just not be I've been there for, for a week. This has been amazing. But you know, when they are in the winter of their life, it it, it is uh they're fine, you know. They 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 raised you. They raised us. They're like they're pretty amazing human beings. Parents, yeah. <laughs> in general, uh, but you just you just want to be with them as much as you can. So yeah, it was really hard for me. I just after after three months, I started going mental. Well, she started calling you every day, which she hadn't done before. 
yeah, the last couple of weeks before I finally managed to get to Spain to see her, she was calling every day. And, and you know, her memory's not great anymore. She's okay, but, but she couldn't really remember when I was last there. But she knew in her heart it was a long time ago. And she was sort of, sort of uh, you know, indicating that whenever we spoke. So Yeah. Well, what was the breaking point for you? Like, when did you say, all right, that's it. I got to go. I, I got to get on a plane and go to Spain. Um, I think it was just it's it's you get with lockdown and with the way that governments have been um, positioning their messaging to all of us. I think it's the same globally that we, we end up creating our own restriction. Really, I start I spent three months with a mindset uh, that was based on a few things. One of them was I can't go and, and play music, I can't play live, and I can't travel to another country. In fact, I, I, I'm not meant to travel at all. You just get used to those things. Uh, and so once the, you know, with the emotion of not being able to see your mother is rising and rising within you, and you feel it physically, you have to go, what is stopping me? <laughs> and then you realize, well, they haven't stopped the planes from flying. Mm. Um, and and my passport is good at both ends. So it's me. I'm stopping myself. You know, I'm stopping myself. Not at the beginning. Spain, Spain's borders were closed, you know, and, but they opened them in the middle of June. It still took me three weeks to kind of get enough um, old school mindset, which is I'm I'm a free person and I can travel. Mm. <laughs> I'd, I'd had three months of really sort of being indoctrinated between my own fears and insecurity and the media, of course, just making it so frightening for us all. So it, it was really that. I just really thought this is insane. Uh, and I went and actually had a, an incredibly good experience flying during a pandemic. Well, and tell us about traveling and, and, and more about that experience in, in doing so safely and taking all the precautions that were necessary. I mean, I, I look at travel and I go, do you really have to do that? But when it's, I haven't seen my mom in a long time and I need to see her. Um, that to me is essential and you do what you can, uh, to make sure it's safe for, for the both of you to do it. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's a responsibility that everybody needs to take, um, right now to do so safely to protect others. Um, you know, and I like to say that I don't think it's all media that's trying to scare everybody one way or another. Uh, it's just, I, I think there can be just an, a, a, an information overload that might scare you one way or another that might push you over to the edge, uh, one way or another. Mm -hmm. So there really is a balance. Uh, there but um what was what was the trip like and, and what kind of precautions did you take um the trip was was really first of all the, the, the airports are not busy or the ones that in europe you know that i've been in in, in london and spain uh, so there was not that usual stress that you have in a, a, an airport where everybody really just is rushing about and doing what they want yeah. So there was a sense of decorum and uh, um, and very polite behaviour going on. Obviously, <laughs> which I found really refreshing, both from 
people like me that were flying and, 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 and the staff. There seemed to be a very, hey, let's slow everything down. So all the positive effects that I felt in, in lockdown, which was, you know, birds are singing, there's no clouds in the sky because the pollution stopped. And, you know, there's all these really positive things, right, yeah. um, about us, us stopping the lives that we usually live. And it was the same in the airport. It was kind of like, this is a this is like a nice place to be. And I, <laughs> and I, I, I don't think you've ever airport, said that. <laughs> yeah, airports had never been a nice place for me to be since I was at about ten years old. Where I, I I started flying on my own very young because of my mum being in Spain, yeah. and uh, and I, I used to love it. And then of course it just became more security conscious uh, in my life in our lifetime, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and of course I I I was uh, you know wearing the face covering. Carrying my own um, uh, bottle of uh, you know, sanitizer, sanitizer. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and doing that wherever I was, you know, small inconveniences of kind of getting really hot, going to the toilet and taking off my mask uh, to get just to breathe for five minutes or whatever. But normally, uh, but I think they're, they're small things um, really in comparison to what potentially is can be quite serious and and dangerous for all of us um so uh, i i i was what i was surprised was that i filmed obviously i filmed my whole journey to yeah. meet my mom for lots of different reasons one of them that she said to me bring bring photos and film well, film film it all i want to see what's happening so there was that side of it then there was like i've been making videos of all the songs i i wrote during lockdown um and then there was the other side of it it's just a really lovely memory to, for me to have as well you know yeah um so i filmed it what i was surprised about at the airport was that nobody stopped me from filming <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which was, I, I did, I've done that once before in Piccadilly Circus. You know, your listeners will have heard of Piccadilly Circus in London. I, I did, it's a very well-known place. And I filmed a video for a song of mine called The Piccadilly Trot. And I had a hundred people doing a flash mob video to my song. And uh, and I thought then, I remember back in 2014, someone's going to arrest me. You know, so it's all, But it didn't happen. And it was the same at the, at the airport to the point when British Airways uh, staff said, "What are you? What are you doing?" They didn't say stop. They said, "I said, well, I'm putting a video together for my mum and I, who we haven't seen each other for four months." And they were like, "All right, cool." You know? <laughs> um, and I said, "Have I got your support on that? Can I carry on?" And they were like, "Absolutely. I think that that that's great." And they were so lovely on the plane, and and they're kind of smiling and giggling a bit because they knew they'd be in it, but obviously, also uh, their identity was covered because they were wearing masks like everyone else that's true yeah so it seemed like a uh, a, a good timing for for filming in public yeah and and the the filming of that trip is uh, basically the the video for nothing on earth which is the first song that you wrote during the lockdown yeah it's the first song that i i, I started on the first night of um, when I um, actually, I, you know, Kate, my partner, who you've spoken to on this show, yeah. uh, about the work that we did together on the last album, um, she really rescued me, you know, from London. Mm. We talked about what would happen if, if the lockdown occurred and, you know, she's she's on the south coast of England, I'm in London, would we, how would we see each other? And uh, and And she really... She, she, I couldn't do anything, you know, I don't drive. She, she really sort of um, uh, made the decision to, to, 
to make sure that we could be together. Mm. And so, and that also meant moving in with her and her children as well, who, which was a, a big surprise for all of us. How old are they? Uh, 11 and uh, 14. Oh, so you're busy. So, <laughs> so, so um, it was a, it was a very uh, moving uh, first night for me to be sort of welcomed into a home. Obviously, you know, Kate and I had been together for a while, but not only really just beginning to get to know her kids and, and, and just suddenly feeling that, okay, I, you know, we're in lockdown, but there's a really beautiful new life that I've ended up in here. Yeah. And, uh, and, a, and a dog to walk as well, which is like a really grown up thing to do. Yeah, it is. And you write a lot of songs so doing I, that. You know, there it's... was a dog. Yeah, <laughs> to, to walk through the field, <laughs> but it was kind of like, "Whoa, what have I done to deserve this?" Let's can we, you know, let's let's let's. Um, I pray for future pandemics that, uh, you know, that we can uh, these sort of remarkable things can happen to my life. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was really moving, and just I was scared on my own. I, I I love living alone, and and I always have done, but I was I was really really scared at the beginning, and then that was all gone by the time Kate um, took me to her home, I met the kids. And, and that's that, that first night I started writing nothing on earth. Well, and you, you talk about fear, um, how an entire world of people living in fear, and this is not me saying, Hey, don't fear the pandemic. Um, you know, don't worry about it. Go do what you got to do. It's not that it's it, part of that is educating yourself and, and, and getting all the facts that you need and taking the precautions that you need. But that's not living in fear. That's just being a responsible person. But a, mm -hmm. an entire world of people living in fear, it, it could really be a very dangerous thing. Absolutely. Um, I think, and it's really hard to, to put into words what I'm trying to say, and especially when we're talking about lots of people. But I think the idea that um, lots of people, i.e. the whole population of the planet, is a complicated entity to talk about and assume that they're all the same. And so I find it, it, it what, for me at the moment at least, it, it's easier for me to just think and treat and accept every individual's feelings um, on the, the, how frightened they are or how not frightened they are, um, whether someone wants to wear a mask or whether they don't. And I think it's really important to, to for all of us to, every single person is valid, right? Every sure. individual is valid. The guy that says something uh, that, that I don't agree with, is still valid. And I think that's the, the big challenge uh, is getting over that collectivism and realizing that although leaders and governments and uh, health organizations, of course, are just sort of talking about us as one thing, you all must do this, you all must do that, you mustn't, do, you know, it's, it, I, I, I think it might be more sensitive to human beings to try to obviously governments can't do that but one-to-one -one we can do that you know uh just treat people for who they are not just that they're 
part of the human race. Yeah, well, I was talking an hour ago about uh, the difference between being a a COVID cop and being a COVID idiot. And there is there is um, there is a middle ground without any finger pointing. And um, you just got to keep talking. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be extreme. It's something that not everybody uh, subscribes to, but, um, you know, uh, I I, I followed Stephen Fry's advice on this for years in terms of trying to create some fellow feeling with 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 our, you know, fellow humans. And and, and it is in being more concerned with being effective than being right all the time. Mm. If I'm right, it doesn't necessarily mean the other person is wrong. it, it, and we ha- have to try to do that. And, I, I, and of course, some people just want to have an argument. That, that, that's the same, um, you know, inside or outside a pandemic. Just stay away from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when, when, when there is this much fear and this much concern, um, I, I, I just think it's remote. Deal with the people on your doorstep. You know, deal with the people in your home, in, in your town. Uh, look after them. Think, find out what they want. I think to be talking about everybody should do this and everybody should do that can just cause a lot of anguish, which is not necessary, not helpful for anyone. Uh, in seeking conversation during this pandemic, you've you've now got a radio show. You've now got a podcast as well. Yeah, I just finished the first series, the podcast, but the podcast was really helpful through lockdown because I. Uh, you know, I, I love meeting new people, uh, 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 as you know, and yeah. um and that, that was something that not none of us could do. You know, we got to know the people we already knew. I, I mean, I got to know eight kids. That was my big uh, new meeting new people. But um, meeting people through the podcast was amazing, and, and getting to know them, having that hour or an hour and a half talking. <laughs> you know that. You oh, I love it. Thousands 20, of people. Twenty-five you know. years of of getting to have right. conversations with people. I yeah. just uh, I, 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 I love done, it. I've, I've done like three months of it, and it's. I understand now how you could have done that. For yeah. Years. Hey, <laughs> look, it, it it brought us together. You know, we become friends yeah. as a result of yeah. of the radio show <laughs> I'm doing. So uh, I'm I'm eternally grateful for that. Well, check out timarnold.co.uk. Uh, Tim, it's uh, great to see you. Congratulations on another new piece of work. We'll talk about your next Thank one you. uh, eventually when it's uh, when it arrives. And uh, hang in there, best to Kate and the kids, and we'll talk again. Yeah, take care, man. Thank you. All right. There is Tim Arnold.